Sutra 14 Samadhi is also attained by devotion with total dedication to God. God is the Supreme Soul, unaffected by any afflictions, actions, fruits of actions, or by any inner impressions of desires. God is the complete manifestation of the seed of omniscience. Don't wait. The time will never be just right. You've got one shot, and that's why they call it life. Death happens to everything and everyone, so who knows what's after. Once you get life, make it matter. Seated upon wind horse, I thought the path would just appear. Of course the way was forward, and so I figured we would move ahead from here. But wind horse wouldn't move, and so I thought about pulling her reins to get us back on track. Hey, said Windhorse. Our journey begins at the back. The back? At the very end. We must go all the way to the end of the pack, and that's where we must begin. Plant the Bodhi in deep, all the way in, said Windhorse. But the way is forward, so why would we head back? The army of ignorance is ahead of us. Windhorse, you must defeat the evil so that it doesn't spread and attack. At the time of battle, we will be front and center. But first we must plant the precious jewel, and that Bodhi is looked after by the Dharma protectors, said Windhorse. What is Dharma? Dharma is the right way of living, the path of righteousness. It is your duty, but does not refer to a certain religion, creed, or territory. Rather, it contains the seed of wakefulness that comes to awaken us. For thousands of years, ignorance has ruled supreme. Like dis-ease, it spread over the land and infects man. I call upon the Dharma protectors, and once we are together, the Dharma protectors will reveal our battle plan," said Windhorse. Who are the Dharma protectors? They are Dharmapalas, a type of wrathful protector they are guardians of divine law and are known as justice defenders. They are seen as wrathful because they are to be feared. They arise when wickedness and injustice has overtaken the Dharma, and so they manifest as destroyers of evil, often with a trident or a sword. If we were in the Christian faith, we would call them angels. If we were Hindus, we would think of them as Rudra or Shiva. Otherwise, they could be called Nagas, Yakshas, or Devas. They are fearsome beings, often with many heads, hands, and feet. They could be half creature and half man. And the only reason they are fierce is so they can protect sentient beings. If we reflect upon righteousness, then we envision that which is pure. But what if wickedness were to violate love and peace? Then what is the cure? There must be something stronger than hate, something that even the worst evil fears. At a time when existence is overcome with degraded values, greed, and corruption, then the Dharma protectors will appear," said Windhorse. How could one find them? Is there a trumpet or a certain call? How can we call for these protectors that will look after creatures large and small? 
It is a path into the present, but many seekers have gotten lost. The path to discovering Dharma protectors requires you to let go of everything you own, and often a seeker turns back to reclaim what they believe they lost. As life is a path of dying, of course this is something a protector knows. Give up who you think you are. Let go, let go, let go, said Wind Horse. But how can I let go when I barely have anything left? All I've done for years is submit to this path, and again and again, I continue to be overwhelmed by the feelings of death. What do you want? asked Wind Horse. I want death to make sense, and I want this world to get better. Everyone is sick of suffering, and when do the people of Earth come to unite together? We spend our lives working. Then after 60 years in the workforce, we come to die? In each life, the work doesn't end, no matter what I seem to try. So what must I do but submit to that which is true? Life makes little sense after all I've been through. I remember, then I forget. I pray and meditate to cultivate faith. But every time I get anywhere, the vision of progress evaporates. The world is on the brink of war, and capitalism creates the greediest men and drug lords. The middle and lower classes can barely manage to afford a home, because living a human life is beyond what we can afford. We're tied down by contracts and agreements. We're lost in the illusion of material gain. And everything I do to help seems to be all for nothing. This cycle of suffering always stays the same. A problem well stated is a problem half solved. So what do you really want? Speak it plainly, then it can be resolved, said Windhorse. I want our suffering to end. Simple. First take a deep breath, said Windhorse. I took a deep breath in. Now what? Believe in the power of death. We will call forth the Great Reset, said Windhorse. Death? But I don't understand. I stand on the side of the living. I want to end suffering for all plants, creatures, and my fellow man. Death is relief. It's how we let go of where we cling. You're still in the bardo, or the in-between. Just wait until it all falls and sink, said Windhorse. How? We'll do it now she said. Now Windhorse turned to walk south. Of course I wanted to go north, toward that north star, the place many call heaven, but Windhorse pulled me away as if it's not where I was called. Magnetized by Windhorse, she had a certain pull. I rode upon her back and surrendered to a power I had never known. In order to cure suffering, we must examine its root. And so we must plant the Bodhi in the darkness, regardless of whoever may have disputes. We are seekers of the truth, and we walk the path to protect life's children and youth. The truth is well and alive, but the old way must die. Now how will we plant that Bodhi? That's what you'll have to decide, said Windhorse. I caught a glance of her eye as she peered over the wonder train. It was then I realized that even more passengers had wandered that way. For in that moment I felt alone, but I rejoiced knowing that even more curious souls had found the hidden train tracks. Who else was in search of self-mastery? Only those who joined the wonder train 
could answer such an intriguing task. Often many people complain, it's so easy to be critical about the world's ways, but these people aboard the Wonder Train had come forth to gather as a united community. Surely this was the measure of what it means to be brave. Meanwhile the rest of the unconscious world wanted the fame and glory. They want to have millions of dollars in the bank, showing off on social media and preaching to their followers, always grasping at more recognition and praise. These were the stars and actors, pretending to make a difference, hiding in their castles, claiming that they and their teams, families, and estates were the victors. But victors of what? A game of sport they had come to play? But would you go to war to save the children of life and usher in the dawn of a new age? And where was the trustworthy politician? There was only one who came upon the wonder train. The nephew of an assassinated president. Yes, this man had a junior in his name. We rode across the earth, where I realized the top 1% of people were responsible for the majority of the world's pollution. I wondered if we got rid of them, then would we be closer to a real solution? You see, they could change the world, they could turn it all around tomorrow, but their priorities are their own wealth and families. They do not care for the entire world, and that is a great sorrow. Once upon a time, family meant a connection to the earth. Look everywhere and in everything. We are all life forms of a spiritual birth. But they continue as if only they exist, riding on private planes and giant yachts. Oh, death of the old way would change everyone's life. The rich could be terrified, and the poor would call it a renaissance. Of course the investors think they control the economy, as if the world was their oyster. Just wait and see, when the earth speaks of what you've done to her. They pollute her rivers, they cut down her forests, but that is the earth's lifeblood, and it would be the exact same as if someone came and cut their wrists. I looked down to the cats, who were now walking by Windhorse's side. I gazed at them and there I saw the entire universe within their eyes. Do you know what I love about karma? It's there so we don't lose sight. So to all my fellow felines who have been to Claude, well I sure hope karma rips the fingers of their owners off gently in the next life, said Mr. Kismet. Just imagine if there was an alien species that came to Earth. What if they harvested human blood and turned it into fuel? They might shoot us, then cook us like a Thanksgiving turkey. Then they'd turn your bones into tools. They'd deep fry your skin and say you taste the best crispy. We'd call this action immoral, but these aliens would trap us in a warehouse and put us in cages, then explain that their species was just hungry. That's what people do to animals. They use and abuse the land. And that's why death is coming, not to America, but to everyone because whatever our life was, we had lost sight of the divine plan. And so the lesson must be learned, and justice will not be painless. Rather, everyone will be aware of this teaching, because the way we treat humans, animals, and the earth is heinous. Politicians believe they are in control, but Windhorse lives within their breath. The old ways are dying, and now I began to welcome the idea of the Great Reset. At first I thought I walked alone, heading south on my own, 
But then Windhorse nudged me to look back. Why, yes, there were a few others who had followed Windhorse's tracks. The cat named Girl, and the Yogini along with the select few. These were the ones that were trusted, who never lost sight of the truth. With the jewel atop the white horse, Windhorse rose up on her two hind feet. These were the hooves that were bound to trample the wicked elites. Her hooves could crush leaders who build massive bombs. She could run over those who murder other faiths. She'd expose the secrets from God alone. Windhorse had come to set the record straight. She was powerful and great. Oh, how so many are frauds. Just like the Hollywood stars who do it for the applause. They chase money for their efforts. But oh, Windhorse, why she does it out of divine law. Now the followers of Windhorse had no self-interest. We'd already given everything away. Working many jobs in different places, we sacrificed everything for a calling and offered up whatever we got paid. You see, nothing belongs to us. We've already died and gone beyond. We do it for the children of life, so that wickedness will know the wrath of God. Meanwhile, the rich hoard money, and they call this real business acumen. But don't they realize death is coming? And after they die, they'll give everything back before the real journey begins? They measure their lives with paychecks and money. They think they are equal to the rate of their productivity. But after death comes, I predict they'll begin thinking much differently. So many were taught to reach toward a material prize. Something shiny, brilliant, and beautiful that caught their eyes. Be it a mate, a mansion, or a state. Be it cars or money. But had everyone forgot that someday we'll die and all this material stuff would be dead weight? So who is to blame but man upon the earth? If they truly wanted to change, they'd fix the world, but rather the religions care more about who they can convert. They say, I want heaven, and I want peace, but aren't the people of earth more like a disease? Nay, said Windhorse. The soul is pure, but their soul has been seized. This is why the earth currently revolves in a constant state of suffering, but this death will bring us into peace. Then how do we fix it? What must we do? I'll do anything required. There's nothing I won't go through. Do you want me to become the strongest? I'll get in the gym every morning before anyone opens their eyes. Or do you need me to read every book in the universe so that I can find the solutions of life? Nay, said Windhorse. It's time to die. But there's nothing I won't do. There's nothing I won't try. I'll build so much muscle around my body, and I'll rule with an iron scepter so that the children of life can thrive. Nay, said Windhorse. It's time to die. But why? There must be something I can do. Tell me about the path that we must go through. This is not an individual achievement. This has nothing to do with your own body or strength. The test is to let go of everything even after your body, mind, spirit, and soul break. Who can keep going then? Surely not the greedy men. Only a rare breed knows their purpose, and so in time, we'll discover what we need. Get to the bottom of the very below. That's where we'll plant the Bodhi seed, said Windhorse. But there's a war in the world, and the children are starving. Addicts are taking over cities, 
and what happens when more bombs start exploding. The leaders want to rule. They want control of the entire human pack. Soon your time is coming, but you must recruit the brave souls who have been forsaken in the very back. Only those who have undergone great suffering have the courage to change the world. These are the souls that the rest of the world has given up on, and through this journey, the real heroes will emerge. The noblest achievers are the failures who bounce back, and if you've been thrown to the wolves, then it is you who will return by leading the pack. Let me make you a promise. Listen here and now. As long as you are true to the Dharma, I will never let you down. Right now we will plant many seeds. Call this the awakening of man. We must pave a path to the very end. Then we'll come forth to the front of the battle and will overtake the wicked man. No more will they pollute. Never again will they fight. This is the final battle and the seeds we are planting will illuminate the morning star's light. As all brave protectors know, real strength lies solely in our tenacity. Trust that everything else will be taken care of. It will appear as if we've changed the world magically, said Windhorse. Never did I doubt, but there was a need to believe. I rode upon Windhorse as we ran ahead through the falling leaves. Through every forest and every place upon earth, we could peek through time into every life we lived, starting with the moment of every past birth. I saw the beauty and pain. I could feel the tragedies of the past. And when death called for the end, only Windhorse would survive at last. Bodies would perish, and battlefields would empty. Tombstones would be carved. But there was one white horse who never left me. The spiritual state of Samadhi can also be found in other ways. If you devote yourself to the highest ideal, then all souls can be saved. In the ancient East, they called me Ishvara. Otherwise, I was called Yahweh if you read the words of the Torah. Ishvara is the supreme soul, unaffected by any afflictions, actions, fruit of actions, or by any inner impressions of desires. Surrender to God, and you will discover supreme consciousness not for an individual alone, but rather you will be in union with supreme omniscience. Liberated and free, anywhere you wish is wherever your soul will be. Surrender your individual self to me, and I will set you free. This means God has no desire. Thus, when it comes to the fruit of your actions, there are no desires or needs. You will be freed. God is the unsurpassed manifestation which is above the highest seed of omniscience. Let us plow the fields of the earth so that all beings can be freed. Ride upon my back, and together we will be a vehicle that this world needs. God is the all-knowing and is knowledge itself. I am the cosmic knowledge called the Supreme Soul, or Purusha, which is the spiritual self. How can we imagine or visualize this? Well, imagine a circle. You will see a space within and a space outside. The inner space is the finite, and the outer is the infinite. If you accept the existence of a finite space, automatically you have to accept an infinite one. Without infinite, there can be no finite. The moment you say, I am a man, there must be a woman. If you say left, there must be a right. 
The thought of one implies the thought of the other. We feel that our minds and knowledge are limited and finite, so there must be a source of infinite knowledge beyond that," said Windhorse. Oh, Windhorse, then how can I ever truly know you? Tell me what it is that you are exactly, and I will know this as the truth. First I observed, and there I was called to serve. Through this observation, I saw the Windhorse, or Lungta, is a legendary Tibetan creature considered to carry prayers from earth to the heavenly abode using strength and speed of wind. This basic symbol is thought to possess powerful energy, an energy that carries colossal power to the lives of all beings who come into the contact with wind. There on Windhorse's back was the wish-fulfilling jewel of enlightenment. Although it has been thought to represent good luck and fortune, Tibetans believe that those who ride upon Windhorse have the power to influence events in nature and society. Windhorse was a mythical creature to be ridden upon, and ever since I gazed upon her, we were connected through the stream of the mind. No matter what came up, the life force or Windhorse, she would regenerate and increase over time. As if she held the pain and suffering of this world, the wind began to whirl. Windhorse rose up on her two hind legs when its skin turned blue as the jewel glowed over the world. I tried to calm her quickly, and then time began to slow. Windhorse ran the same way that the ocean flows. As if I'd plunged into water, this new aspect of time surprised me. The power of Windhorse spread through my spirit when I realized there was nothing else I would need. I was free, ever flowing and conscious of where we were, but now four distant creatures emerged. These were the four guardians of the planet, four colored horses that appeared. These four were on our side. These animals had come out of their kingdoms. They represented gentle power, confidence, fearlessness, and wisdom. Prayer flags were draped around Windhorse and pinned from the heavens to the mountaintops up high. These prayer flags were used in bond traditions long before Buddhism and shamanic healing ceremonies where the prayer flags would find union with the heavenly sky. Each color represented a primary element. Earth was yellow, fire was red, blue was space, green was water, and air was white. According to the tradition, when set up around the sick, these prayer flags created a balance to produce high levels of mental and physical health. This flow state was Windhorse, the place my thoughts began to rhyme. But how could I explain it? Because it was beyond any answer the intellectual mind could find. My soul was ready to embark on a great journey, but then I heard a distant whisper. The yogini's voice was within the wind, and I almost missed her. And so the yogini spoke. I see you've got a map, but are you here and now? Selfless service will save the children of life, but do you know how? She asked. She too was like a mythical creature. This powerful woman was the first one I met at the train tracks before. She came aboard the wonder train, and this was the woman that I was beginning to adore. We met in the middle, and that was that. A quick conversation seemed to last forever, and this became a certain energy that does not go back. Windhorse ran and played all day. For some reason, the energy within my spirit was feeling much more tame. 
It was all meant for loving kindness. The union is that it all comes together, a rejoining in the service of all others. When loving kindness is shared or expressed, it becomes what all of us want to do. I didn't know where we'd plant the Bodhi seed, but I knew there was a journey that we'd have to go through. The horse was the way, but I did not know how. Do you ever wonder if we're the few odd ones that didn't follow the crowd? I asked the yogini. Yes, it's here now, she said.